This is the Illuminate Podcast, a Sandy Boy production. Each week on the Illuminate Podcast, the hosts will bring you insightful conversations and stories of people who are illuminating their own lives through their business, work, community, family, and world. Welcome to the Illuminate Podcast. This is Emily, and this week we are talking to Colleen Stein. Colleen is the co-owner of Every Kind, a t-shirt shop aimed at spreading a message of kindness to adults and kids, mom to five kids, and one of the most positive people I've met through the midst of some pretty awful life circumstances. In this episode, we talk a lot about starting her business with her online friend and business partner the mission and passion behind her business. And she shares the tragic story of her sister's death and how she has stepped in to raise her sister's kids along with three of her own. Colleen was such a joy to learn from throughout the interview. I hope that her passion for a positive outlook on life, despite what life throws at you, helps you to stay focused on what's important during this really trying time. I hope you enjoy listening to Colleen Stein. Hi, Colleen. Welcome to the Illuminate podcast. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for chatting with us today. Uh, This podcast is dedicated to those who are sharing and spreading light through their lives, in business, through their families, and in their community. And I can't think of a better person to chat with when thinking about our mission. Your business and your life are such a light. So thank you for coming on. Well, that's really, really nice. And um, yeah, thank you. I love everything you guys are doing. And I think this is this is just perfect. Yeah. Could you introduce yourself and tell our listeners a little bit about your business? Absolutely. My name is Colleen Stein. I am from the north side of Indianapolis, where I've lived most of my life. Um, except for, you know, my little college stint and then a couple years in St. Louis, which is where my husband is from. And my business, I am co-owner of a business called Every Kind. We are formerly known and probably better known by our local friends and family, as Mama said, Tease. But we rebranded almost two years ago just because we just felt like our message was meant for more than just moms, I guess, Mm -hmm. in just a long story short version. But we try to spread positivity and kindness by way of apparel, mainly T-shirts. And we've we've put our things on a couple of other things, but T-shirts is our our main kind of ingredient. We, uh, my business partner and I actually, I, I have an Etsy shop also, and she was one of my very, very best customers on that. Um, we would just chat. Her name's also Colleen. We became really good friends and exchanged phone numbers. And then we were buying these little shirts for our kids that um, we felt like were fun and funny, but we just got to talking about how there was a need for just better better things on t-shirts. If our kids are going to have messages on them, they might as well be good ones. And that that's just very, very long story short on how that started. So it will be six years this July. Awesome. How have you seen it grow over the years? Where did you start? And like, where are you guys now? It has grown. Oh, so I, of the two Colleen's, I am the not the business side, but she shares with me the details because we're a partnership and she wants mm-hmm. me to be in on it. So what I see from it is just we are not afraid to to try new things, to do new things. Sometimes we feel like maybe our messages are more important to us than they might be to other people. But then the response and feedback from the people who our messages have reached and touched just urge us to keep going forward. So we get a little bit braver and a little bit bolder. And so I think it in that in that sense, it's changed quite a bit. But our business also, everything um, started and then something really crazy happened right off the bat. 
And so I think it has always sort of come at, come and gone in waves in terms of where we are in our business. But we have definitely come very, very far in our responsibilities and how to run it with just the two of us and not being close together. So from long distance. And I think we've overcome a lot of those, you know, small business hardships, but then we have learned how to change things to where they work better for both of us in our lives. And I mean, we, we have grown a great deal, obviously, but we also, Mm -hmm. our mission is the same as it was when we very first started. So it's kind of a cool thing, but we still have so many dreams. That's awesome. So I totally see in your, in your apparel that it's, unique in a in a personal way like you were talking about like you find it like the phrases impacting to you and so you put them on shirts right um and I I connect with them because I do think that they are there's so many people that have shirts and phrases but I feel like your phrases are very um unique and direct so I totally appreciate that and I would cheer you on like keep doing that keep doing those things that impact your heart because I think people around notice, you know, it's not just the same phrase. It's very, they're very impactful. So thanks. Well, thank you so much. We try really hard to be unique, but also, you know, we want everybody or as many people as possible to be able to relate to the messages. Mm-hmm. So it it's not always easy, but when we find something that we're passionate about, we just kind of try to figure out how to slap that on something. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So you mentioned that your business started and then something really extreme happened. And um, I would love to hear more about that. I listened to your first podcast from your podcast, You Fit Here, and listened to you walk through your story. And I would just love to hear you tell our listeners so that they can get to know you a little bit more and how your perspective on this is very unique. Um, you've walked through like really scary, devastating losses. You lost your nephew, then your sister in a very shocking manner. And I really think it creates such a beautiful, unique perspective. And I would love to hear, um, just what started happening, I guess in July of 2014. Is that when it all started? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, um, so I, th- I have always been, well, the baby of the family, I guess once you're the baby, you're the baby, but my sisters are 10 and 14 years, my senior. And so for most of my life, it sort of felt like I more had three moms than two sisters. Yeah. And, um, but also they were a a part of my life in a way that a lot of sisters aren't, even if you're a year or two years apart. So very, very special relationship with my sisters. And, um, I was living in St. Louis that summer and I was actually having a great time at a friend's wedding um, and my sister Shannon. So my oldest sister is Janet and then there's Shannon and then there's me. She called me uh, July 20th, the day after um, our baby cousin Zachary had passed away from a drug overdose and it was obviously very unexpected and very, very, very sad. And my mom is one of six girls. So her baby sister's son, um, that was very hard time for our family. And I flew home to, um, be with my family and, and give the eulogy at my cousin's funeral. And I brought my daughter who was about 10 months at the time with me and my husband and my um, son, they, we were, on a little vacation. So they stayed and, um, came home and little did I know that that would be the last time that I would see my sister Shannon because two days after the funeral on Sunday, July 27th. So that was like a week span than the funeral. And then, um, my sister who had very recently officially been divorced from her husband was killed in um, a murder suicide, but the, I mean, obviously that in and of itself is horrible and tragic and you can't imagine, but it was in my parents' home in front of their two boys and my mom and dad. And so it was, um, just one of those things that 
you might hear about on the news, but you just don't ever imagine being so close to something like that, let alone in something like that. And, and just one week, oh, actually July 23rd was when we technically started selling the t-shirts in our shop. And since all of the merchandise, yeah. So it was like all kind of in the midst of this, my poor business partners, like, oh, her cousin dies, then her sister is killed. Like, what have I gotten myself into here? But it was, um, right off the bat, I think this new business might've been what sort of saved me. And I feel so blessed that I, I mean, everybody says I'm so strong and that I'm doing such great things, but I really have the business and my business partner to thank for, for that strength. So I never even met Colleen before. And, oh, wow. Yeah. So it kind of, it was off to a rocky start, but my sister, both of my sisters are educators and my oldest sister was the vice principal at the school where my sister Shannon was a second grade teacher. And I just, they love, they both loved the the idea that I was doing this and it didn't, I was just going to try something different. And my sister posted a picture of our kind is the new cool um, t-shirt. It was her last post on Instagram before she died and just how proud she was. And, um, I laugh all the time because she just wasn't really on board with hashtags and refused to play that game. But, um, I, I just kind of knew that this would sort of be my way of helping the spirit of how she was a teacher and how she educated children and how she, you know, was perceived as the world because she just was a beautiful soul. Um, like, live on as, as long as, as, as she can. That's the best that I can really do. Mm -hmm. Aside from, I have her boys too. And with our three children, we make one big happy family. So she's with me every day, but, um, this business helps me to help her memory live on. For sure. Can you take me back to like the weeks and the months afterwards and just explain a little bit about, um, how you, I don't know how you processed through it and then how you came to have her kids and what that all looked like. I I will do the best I can. So I have, um, I call it just like a foggy brain. My -hmm. family, we moved a few months after my sister died. So it would have been five years this past fall. And as, and we just again moved this past August. So we were almost in our home in Carmel in Indianapolis area for five years. And as we're packing, my husband's like, you don't remember this from five years ago? And I'm like, I, I, I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember much of it. Mm -hmm. And I, I know that a lot of that was just so many people holding me up in prayer and just because I don't know, that's just kind of how you get through. But, um, I honestly don't even remember the conversation where my husband was like, yes, I'm on board. Um, I just remember that, um, when I got the call from my mom, I had missed calls from both my parents when my sister was killed. And when I, when I finally got through and my husband helped me get the kids and his, his, my, let's see, his mom showed up, my best friend showed up we just packed our bags and got in the car. And I said, you know, that we're moving to Indiana and he knew better than to argue, I think. But Mm -hmm. fast forward, I guess three months and he, he obviously God meant for me to meet him for sure, because he has been, um, just, he's just allowed me to heal in the way that I, I don't know that I would have had we not moved back to Indiana and, and had the boys. So, and he's just a great father to them. And, um, so he's, he's the real deal there. That's so wonderful. Um, I, I feel like I, I kind of have a similar memory as you. I mean, I, I really do. People will say, you know, did you remember this? And I'm like, I just, I just don't, I just don't like, how do I not know that? But I totally believe you, but I know that, I don't remember it. Um, it is a blessing sometimes, right? Um, it really is because that pain had to be unimaginable and any break from
from that is just a little breath. So when you had the kids and they um, came with you and you had two kids at the time, is that correct? Mm -hmm. Okay. How did that, I mean, tell me a little bit about parenting two boys. What are their names? Connor and Danny. And they were eight and 15, or I'm so sorry, eight and 10. Uh And they are now almost 16 in May and almost 14 in June. And it, for a while, for quite a while, we lived with my sister's best friend could house us all, including my mom and dad, because their house was unlivable for a little while. Everything that took place there and just the kindness of people who wanted that, that sort of memory to be erased. And they still live there. And we thought that would, mm -hmm, we thought that would be hard for the boys, but they love they love going there. It is such a treasured place for our family. And, um, we just have so many wonderful, wonderful memories there. So, um, I think it was a little bit crazy. I love that life changes song, you know, mm-hmm. life, uh, wake up. The country song, the same. Right? Yeah. The country song. I love it so much. Yeah. Um, because it's kind of, we just kind of were just in this boat and really didn't know what we needed to row it or make it go. But, but we kind of just figured it out. And then I got pregnant and I thought life would just be even crazier, but she was what we needed. We didn't, we didn't know it obviously at the time, but, um, she was born almost exactly a year in a week ish after Shannon passed away and we named our daughter Shannon. Wow. Can you explain a little bit about that? Sure. So we, for the first time ever, didn't find out what we were having. We already had a boy. We already had a girl and we had the boys now too. So we thought, well, it doesn't really matter. My friend Carrie was like, Oh, I just wish that you wouldn't find out because you would, you would just love it. So I challenge accepted my dad was excited because he, of all the grandkids, never wanted to know, but always wound up finding out, you know, oh, I hear you're having another grandson or whatever. So I thought, I'm going to make everybody happy. And as we were discussing names, Danny, who was, I guess, around eight and a half or nine, mm-hmm. which is crazy because my son Ryan is now eight and a half when I think about that. He just, mm-hmm. he didn't seem that little, but he was, but. Yeah. He said, if it's a girl, you have to name her Shannon after his mom. And I was like, um, uh, I don't know about yeah. that. I don't know how that would, uh, how do you feel about that? He's like, well, you have to, if it's a girl, you have to, that's just like, that's what you have to do. And so I actually talked to, I was um, going to counseling at the time. So I talked to my counselor about it and she said, probably best to also talk to Connor about it. And then maybe mm-hmm. your parents about it. And so I, I did. Um, and my mom at first was very emotional, but she said, Danny's right. Like if it's a girl, mm-hmm. that's our sign. And yes. Yeah, so, so it was, and we did. And, um, it was my, uh, lifelong friend, Lauren got the coolest pictures of my parents coming in the room to hear meet Shannon. It was really, really beautiful. So, uh, she's uh, four and a half now. So yeah, time flies. Oh my goodness. And so now you have this little baby in the house and that probably just changed the tone of things. It was this new fresh life, right? He very, we did not know what our life would be like with kids and sports. So we would have had quite a few years of, of just Mm. figuring out what to do on the weekends to basketball games, lacrosse, baseball, football for a little while. And then they both stepped off that, which was one last thing, but they're still very active boys. Um, but we looking back again, it's just kind of like we got through it and we've had the the best support from our parish and the community and family and friends. And so um, Mm -hmm. I really wouldn't change anything. And, and right now during this time, this quarantine, I've been Mm -hmm. saying this since I got them, Connor is um, more of your typical teenager and I love him to pieces, but I don't know what I, I don't know what I would do without Danny. (laughs) I I really don't (laughs) like he, he's your buddy. He's my compass. And yeah, 
I, I do anything to have my sister back, except I don't know that I could give Danny back, <laughs> but, but they they both love our children so much. And they mm-hmm. refer to them as their siblings, their sisters, their brother. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I think that's, I think that's really, really neat. I, I really always wanted to have a lot of kids, so I kind of got my way there. Mm. Tell me a little bit about like your grief and what it looked like from over the years. I mean, it's been five is what you said, right? Yeah, it'll be six that, this yeah. summer. So six this summer. Um, I think that I've learned a lot about it being okay to spread it out mm. and not get stuck I know that there were times early on where I would get a little bit stuck and buried in just being sad and overwhelmed with knowing not only, I mean, am I never going to see my sister again, but for the boys, mm-hmm. um, but just sort of slowly and just be- being busy, you know, being a mom and having these kids and I, I always respected and thought, wow, that's so neat, people who adopt. But I always wondered, like, I wonder, you know, would I love, if I adopted, would I love Mm -hmm. them the same? And I know they're my biological nephews, but I have found the answer is yes. I know, I mean, I don't, I don't play games of, you know, it's, it's not, um, it just sort of, happened the way I think God intend, intended for it to. And um, uh, I would say nowadays and recently, I suppress my grief more than I want to. I don't really think about it, but I have been trying to work really hard on not doing that because I feel so much better when I am able to just process through something, whether it's a memory or a conversation that's Sparks or triggers it. Um, and also I learned this past year, just something happened with Connor, um, where he actually spoke at Danny's eighth grade retreat and it was pretty emotional, but then told me he doesn't like to get emotional because it makes me sad. And I realize how important mm-hmm. it is for, for them to see that, you know, for, for me, the best piece of advice that I got early on was just one of those sweet, thoughtful cards in the mail that said, grief is the price of love. And so I say that a lot to them, you know, because we love her, we have this pain and we wouldn't want to replace that. That's, it's almost Mm -hmm. like this jewel around my neck that I can't take off because Mm -hmm. if I, if I did, it meant that I didn't have that relationship with her. And, um, so it's, it's evolved, but I would say all in all, God made me pretty strong and also, I'm a lot more faithful than uh, I was before, but only because mm-hmm. I've thought about it <laughs> more, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. So, yeah, evolved. Uh, what about with Connor and Danny? What what kind of advice did you get maybe from friends or counselors along the way to help with them? Because I feel like that had to be a very foreign, like you're going, you're grieving. How do you, and you also have new kids and- you don't know them super well. How do I help them help them grieve well? It's a really good question. We were so fortunate very early on. Actually, the night that Shannon was killed, um, a woman from Prevail, my cousin had worked there and she was there to be with the boys and she took them on um, to counsel them together. And then Danny wound up getting a different counselor. So they were, we all went to counseling myself, my parents, the boys. Um, and I got to sit in every other week. So I then would have my own opportunities when they left the room to sort of talk through because there was a lot back then. I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't really think about it, but when I think about it, there was a lot to navigate and just little things Mm -hmm. like assignments at school about, genetics, you know, or Mm. just things that are going to pop up and just those kinds of conversations. Um, but I think the biggest thing that threw me for a loop was the first spring break we went, I was pregnant, pretty pregnant with Shannon, I think, let's see, April. So yeah, like six months or so. I remember kind of waddling around 
And I sit down and this really nice mom comes and sits next to me. And apparently Danny had made friends with her son. And she's like, I'm so, so sorry about your sister. And I was like, what? And I guess Danny had told this little boy and I don't know, you know, what details, but I, I never, I never anticipated. I thought we we live in this little bubble and we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But, Mm -hmm. um, but Danny, he, he's not afraid to, to talk about it. And, um, he's not ashamed by worried so much. Their, um, their Mm. father was, he was a good, good man. And, you know, he loved the boys. He just lost, lost his mind at the end there. I don't know how really else to say that, but I don't want their memory to be tarnished of him. So I have to work hard at that. Um, but yeah, he speaks freely, Connor, not so much, but over the years between counseling and then this amazing organization called family lives on out of Pennsylvania. Um, they sort of counsel our situation is obviously a little bit different. It's meant more for, you know, if you lose a mom or a dad, you know, to cancer or an accident, but you have the other parent, but they of course took, them on and communicated with me and I could reach out to them with questions and they send packages in honor of their mom and dad once a year. So tradition type packages. So they have these amazing people who sponsor kids and, and, you know, during baseball season, Danny gets all this stuff that reminds him of his mom, like the, the gum they, they chewed. Maybe he might get like a new chair that she would sit in, but let your aunt sit in it. And just, just these really, really cool things. Um, and I'm not afraid to talk about her. And I think that helps mm-hmm. too, because I don't want yeah. her to be forgotten. Yeah. So I want to hear more about that. And I want to hear more about her. Um, tell me about your sister tell me what she was like and, Tell me about the legacy that she leaves for her boys and for your family. Wow. Um, (laughs) Well, let's see. Um, She was the best. (laughs) She was actually um, with all this. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Um, Okay. uh, This e-learning stuff, I... (laughs) um, I got out my old computer, which I had actually given to her because she was helping me in my, with my Etsy shop. Um, and I found, I'm just letting the kids use it to log into Google classrooms. And I saw like some folders and they're so organized and I, um, I'm just kind of clicking around and like find all these teacher resources. And I joke, I think the hardest thing for me, um, just like new things that, um, that pop up just anything like a Mexican restaurant or something I know she'd love. Or like if something goes out of business that she loved, I think about, wow, what would she think? And the one thing I know for sure is like Pinterest was sort of newer back then, but man, would she be loving it right now? Because (laughs) I, I love just like looking at her personal little Pinterest not Pinterest world on her computer where she stored things so meticulously and creatively. And she was the best teacher for many, many years. She, um, she went to Dayton and I followed in her footsteps there. Um, she, she started running about three years before she died. She lost a lot of weight. She got, a lot healthier. She just started forming better habits, making better choices. And I mean, she, when she died, she was like at her personal best. I, I do know that. I mean, we, we've talked about everything under the sun when it comes to her, but I know for sure that like, she felt really good about who she was and she, she left, she left a lot of little things for us, I think, to help with parenting and things like that, whether it be a quote on her newer Pinterest boards or um, her last Facebook post that she had posted that day was about parenting. And so mm-hmm. I, I'm still discovering things. Um, 
And um, I always kind of wished that I had a passion for teaching like my sister's. But this has given me an opportunity, even though I don't have, you know, <laughs> uh, what like the, the background and I didn't go to school for it, just trying to teach the world the importance of just being the kindest person that you can possibly be. And I know that she'd be so, so pleased that that we were raising her boys. They did not have a will. But I remember... The week, two weeks before she died, well, she loved my husband. She loved him so much. Um, And so I know that she would have been pleased with that. Then I remember something, I think maybe my mother-in-law did something that annoyed me. And I called my sister to tell her. And we got off the phone and she called me back like a minute later. And she's like, I just want you to know that you are so lucky to have her as your mother-in-law. And I want you to start treating her like she's mom because she is so good to me and she's so good to the boy. She treats me like I'm her daughter-in-law. She treats those boys like they're her grandsons and they'd be so lucky if they had her as a grandma and little things like that. And just recalling those conversations and then seeing my mother-in-law in actual action. I mean, she spares no, I mean, they are her grandkids and she doesn't have to choose to treat them that way. Of course, for my mom and dad, these really all are their grandkids, but um I I know that she I know that she'd be really proud of me and I think that that was probably one of the things that made me feel the best about myself was when she was proud of me. So I have an opportunity every day to make her proud of me and I I'm strong in my faith, so I know I know I'll see her again. And that's obviously um what gets me through the hardest times, I think. But she's really beautiful. She had a really, really beautiful smile, beautiful blue eyes. Um had a had a a problem with splitting her split ends. She'd get reprimanded a lot for that by my mom. But um she was just funny and just everybody loved her and people say that about people, but really everybody really truly did love her. And we have the, the support and the love to prove it. So I have no doubt in my mind. Um, it's hard sometimes when I, I meet people who knew her and at the beginning I always was nervous. Like people might not like me because they would just wish I were her, but nobody has made me feel that way. And if anything, I think people are getting a little braver as time goes on too, to say like, God, you remind me so much of your sister or gosh, you sound like her. Like if I didn't know any better and I'm like, well, that's funny. Cause she used to totally pretend to be me on the phone. <laughs> and, um, and so, um, I know she, I know that she would want them to be with us. And I think that they, they both they both love being with us. I know that that it's hard for them sometimes. Um, I do know that for a fact. But all in all, I've heard from their mouths that that they're very happy and that they they think about kids who lose their parents who go into the you know systems and and things like that. And so they they count their blessings. So that's really lucky for for me. Wow. So all through this, I've seen and heard such like positivity. It seems like you've talked about how like maybe that's just kind of how you've always been. That's part of your personality. But how how could you continue after all this with such positivity? What was it that just, I mean, you said you had days where, you know, you didn't want to go out or go forward, but you, they were just, you didn't get stuck there. Um, what gave you that positivity? Well, right after about three days after Shannon died, my CB, who is the other Colleen in our, my business, um, she's like, I want to help you. You know, I don't know what, what you want to do. I mean, she, as far as she was concerned, we are probably going to just like sell the shirts that we had ordered and shut it down. Mm -hmm. Um, she's like, we can talk about that when the time is right. But 
you know, at that time we didn't know where the boys were going, you know, Shannon and David didn't leave a will or, or really the boys didn't have anything. Um, I mean, to be completely honest, it was kind of scary. And she said, let's create a shirt. So well, you create it. And what did you love about your sister? What, what did everybody love about her? And I, I just said, well, she just had a really beautiful smile. So she sent me a bunch of quotes about smiles. She's like, don't think too hard on it. Just pick one, design it. And in like two days, we raised $15,000 to go into the boys trust, which I, I, my husband is, is in charge of that and is, he's an investor. So it's very, um, we're very fortunate, but as Connor is almost turning 16, uh, and he needs, you know, we need him to have mm-hmm. a car. It's just, I think about, gosh, how blessed are we that just all the love and support is going to go toward, and I don't really actually know what money is going to buy that car or if we're going to get one, but I think about just two days. Like I thought about that going forward. Like people really love us and people really love Shannon and she loved that I was going to do this. And, and that just kind of was it that kind of picked me up. And then just hearing other people like, I am the you in this situation, not exactly, but I'm raising my sister's children and he's in jail or, um, or my daughter's, I, so many people, people messaged me on Instagram, email, I'm, or my best friend just lost her sister in domestic violence and, and their baby or, or whatever. And it's just like, this is just obviously what I was meant to do. Because I love designing and I, I love making people happy. And, um, I think that, that, that we can serve as a source of inspiration for people who are going through things, even if they're small things, I think everything's relative and I don't want anybody to ever not share something with me because it's not a big deal because of what happened to me, because life goes on and, the things that shouldn't be a big deal to me because of what happened to me are. And, um, I just think this really gave me something good to focus on. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of how I try to live my life anyway. So yeah. (laughs) Did that answer your question? Totally. Totally. (laughs) It answered my next question too. Um, but I want to ask it still, because I, I, I know you probably have a more specific answer. Um, how does your company help you to leave that legacy that you want to leave about your life, but also honor Shannon's legacy? Well, I, I think even though it took me a long time to convince Colleen to do a podcast, even though it's also not, um, it's part of our business in the way that Mm -hmm. we have these amazing conversations and that is how we can sort of, elaborate. You can only say so much on Instagram or in a blog Mm -hmm. and without people hearing your voices. And so I love that we're doing that because it gives us a genuine opportunity to kind of like give you a behind the scenes. I mean, we've designed so many shirts. We could literally just name our episodes those and then talk about why Uh those things are important to us. But, um, a lot, I don't like to assume what Shannon would have loved or not loved. Um, Mm -hmm. but we're, we were so similar in, in our attitude about life. And, um, so I'm very, very confident and I choose to believe that if it's helping me be a better me and a better mom to our kids, then, then she'd be supportive of it. And, um, it keeps me on my toes because once we do research on something and once we talk enough about it, I decide I want to adopt it if I I haven't already. And then it helps hold me accountable. And then my kids Mm -hmm. know too. I mean, it's a double edged Mm -hmm. sword because I can't be unkind often without them reminding me about something that I've gone on and on about to them. So it really is. um, It just what makes me happy is to spread happiness. And so I just I know without a doubt that's what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm just so lucky I met some other chick named Colleen who feels the exact same way, but is smarter so we can do this business together. It worked out great. Yeah, that's great. That's great. You know what? You talk about how these shirts impact people, and I bought your shirt um, 
Joy Loves Company too. And um, I love putting it on in the morning because especially when I, I mean, at first, honestly, when I first bought it, I was like, yes, that's me. I'm, I want, like, I'm joyful. I, Joy Loves Company, like, I want to share that joy. But then, like, later down the road, I'd pick it up in the morning and put it on and think, oh, it's going to be a long day or something. And then I'd remind myself, no, no, Joy Loves Company, too. So, Yes, you need to be joyful. Yeah, I mean, this was last week during this quarantine. I thought I'm miserable. <laughs> like, <laughs> I I love my kids, but I don't like staying home all the time. I'm not somebody who like stays in my house often. Um, and so being home with my kids at home feels like a lot sometimes. And so there's been some mornings where I felt like, okay, here we go. <laughs> And I put that shirt on and thought, you know what? I need to be that joy that loves company as well. Not that misery. No, we don't need to be doing all that. So um, you're so right. Oh, I love that. I love that's probably one of my very favorite ever. Um, I just joined Peloton, the Peloton community, and I uh-huh. luckily snagged Joy Loves Company as my little name. I'm like, yes. oh, I wish it was available everywhere. But um, yes. it's so easy to get sucked in, even if like uh-huh. a friend is just complaining to you. Uh-huh. And then when you think about how Misery Loves Company, I love to just give people the bright side. And I think sometimes yes. it's very irritating for people, but I also see that it starts like making an impact on on their yeah like maybe their day or their feelings, or at least, I don't know, gives them something to look forward to. So, um, yeah, yeah no, no Debbie Downers. We, we, we have to focus on the joy and and it's okay though. Yeah. If, if, if you get lost, the point right. is, you know, keep coming back. Up. Yes. Yeah. I, that's, I love and yeah. It's a darling shirt too. It is darling for sure. A little embroidered one. Uh-huh. Um, Okay. So what are your dreams? I've seen forever. What are your dreams for every kind? Cause I recently saw the hats that came out and the book with it. And I just felt like that was such a great idea. And I just wonder like, what are your dreams in like, where do you feel like this is going? Well, we've talked a lot about how we would love to somehow infiltrate schools in some capacity. Um, I've been so blessed to speak at a couple schools in the community here. And I've loved doing that. I feel like we have a lot more to offer, but I feel like we're further away from that than um, just kind of continuing on this path. But then we, we have a lot of other really great ideas. I mean, I want to like take a summer off and drive across the country and spread kindness. I don't think it's probably in the cards for a long, long time, but um I think that we we have a lot. We have a, a shared Google Drive doc that we're always writing in. And so we each have our goals for our, our company and push each other to, you know, right now I think it's just getting ahead of ourselves and being organized. And um, this last year was we just we built a new website and didn't hire somebody to do it. So it took a lot longer than it might have, but mm-hmm. it felt really good. And then with the podcast, that's another wrench as you're well aware, but mm-hmm. we just really, really, really just want, we just want people to just see a message and have it click for them. And in, in that way that you just described, like, I'm not going to let that get me down and you know, no, maybe, maybe that ship hasn't sailed for me. Maybe, maybe this is, this is my chance or whatever it may be. I think at the beginning it was all about kindness and now there's a lot more of just like that inspirational side. So I, I think I'm interested to see where we go next, but we Mm -hmm. definitely have a lot, a lot of, a lot of dreams. And I think they do involve just kids and the future, but also, I want anybody to know that like you can choose right now to be better or try to get better no matter how old you are. So I really don't know for sure. Mm-hmm. I love the schools. I love that. I think that I totally see that happening. It's such a, it's such a relate. Your message is so relatable for kids. It's simple. It's, it's not, 
anything complicated, but it's a reminder that we all need daily. Um, Absolutely. Well, um, I am lucky to be in charge now with my friend Kathleen of the Everybody Counts program at our school. I don't know okay. if you had that when you used to be in school. No, no. We did. Uh, it's it's a um, a few days and in, in the curriculum focused on celebrating differences and disabilities okay. and abilities and things like that. And I just think about how awesome that week is at my kids' school. And if we could just do something like that with mm-hmm. with our messages in in mm-hmm. reach I don't know I don't know lots lots of thoughts that's wonderful keep keep chugging along well, thank you, you got so many people to impact <laughs> well thank you for chatting um it's been really wonderful and um it's um, it's wonderful to see the story and the um light behind the shirts that you produced it's real. So thank you. Oh, thank you so much. It always feels good to talk about this stuff. Oh, good. In the midst of this like really disorienting time, because it's like definitely just disorienting. Um, I found that remembering to do the things that bring me joy is so incredibly important. It helps my whole family, not just me. Right. Mm-hmm. So what's something that brings you joy? It can be random. Hmm. Random. And you can take it. Yeah. I mean, like random, like I love bread. I love making bread. (laughs) I've chosen that I'm going to make it. I don't, I shouldn't be eating it. (laughs) I shouldn't be eating it every day. But the fact is it, it really truly brings me joy and it, in it, yeah, it eats up some of my time that I probably should be doing something else. But there's those things that bring you joy that maybe don't have an explanation but they bring you joy. And so I think in times when you're so disoriented and things are kind of just different, or, you know, even right after you lost your sister, what was something that you just chose to do because it made you happy just because it brought you joy? Well, I do. Uh, I love to read. And that really is, um, I am sad to admit that I've been doing a lot more of the listening to the books than the actual uh-huh. reading. But for a few years, I couldn't fall asleep unless I read a few pages of something. So that brings me a lot of joy. But I think um, just thinking about this time, um, playing games that I like, and not just yeah. like playing games, because like the kids want to play them, but like Euchre, um, there's uh-huh. this game called Five Crowns. Like I really love, I got it from my mom who got it from her grandpa. Um, I really like cards. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of joy. I like shuffling them. <laughs> I uh, do too. And most of my kids can play the games I like. So I really have That's enjoyed, great. you know, just it's like spending a, a little bit of quality time, but also it's good, good for me. And then it's like, okay, now mm-hmm. I've got, I've got to do a couple things, but I right. feel like it's kind of like a win-win, but I also love bread too. <laughs> so uh, try to cut back, but yeah, yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say card games. Card games is awesome. That's great. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, there's usually some questions we ask each guest at the end, and um, so I'm just gonna go ahead and ask those. So, who is someone or something that you would like to illuminate? I I thought about I thought about this b- being that this is the name of your podcast, and what do I want to shed light on? And I think. I think that um, it's a, a design of ours, but it's also kind of the favorite of mine personally, which is that happiness lies in perspective. And not that happiness is necessarily like a an on and off switch deal, mm-hmm. but the perspective that you choose to view life through can lead you to a happier life. I agree that perspective is huge. And I think I found myself during this time um, almost like fighting for that perspective, right? Like sometimes it's easy and it just kind of comes easy. You just have that perspective. Today's going to be a good day. Um, you know, it's easier sometimes. Um, but I think that the fight for that perspective is so important, you know, that you just keep fighting for it instead of. And that's when the happiness comes is if you fight for that perspective. Um, I think that's wonderful. So 
If you could choose, what would your message to the world be? So it's sort of in line with, you know, our, our ability to view the world in which, whichever way we want to view it. But I think that it's about what you choose to focus on. And if you focus on the hardships and the pain in your life and all the things that go wrong, you're going to get stuck and continue to suffer. But if you focus on all the good things and then maybe the lessons that the hardships taught you, then you're going to continue to grow and I think be the better, best version of you that you can be, which will ultimately allow you to live a happy life. So I think focusing on the good and and maybe even having to search for it, but then realizing that maybe what what you have right now is at least a good start if it's not enough and and then just kind of keep going from there. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us today, Colleen. Your perspective through tragedy is incredible. I know your sister is so very proud of you. And like I said, I am cheering on every kind. It's not every day that you find such a passionate, heartfelt mission behind a t-shirt company. And their shirts are so darn cute. I just checked my email and they are having a big sale today, Wednesday, April 15th. So check them out. My kids have a couple and so do I. If you enjoyed this episode, please pass it on to a friend, share it on social media, and come give us a review on iTunes. We are grateful for each of you that listen each week. I know that with kids at home, working from home, and our routines totally thrown for a loop, listening to podcasts sometimes just isn't able to be done. So I'm thankful for each listener. I hope you are safe, healthy, and home. And I wanted to give a big thank you to those who are working daily on the front lines in grocery stores and pharmacies and in those places where they are essential. We are so grateful here at the Illuminate Podcast. All right, friends, we will be back next Wednesday with another episode. So see you then.